Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Okay, let's go! It's me, Joel Ta, the playwright and performer. <laughs> And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. <laughs> and welcome back to our best friend podcast, T42, where, where you will find no misogyny. Yes, none, none whatsoever. We try our best. <laughs> um, thank you so much for the indulging the past two weeks of uh, I would say a pretty interesting format change where we're doing some deep chats and deeping some topics that are very close to our heart. But I'm very happy to report that um, this week we're going back to our usual buffet of digressions and topics, and we're I'm very excited to be yeah, getting back in this direction. Definitely, me too. And I also just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who messaged me privately or got in touch. About the last episode Where we had our deep chat On racism And race in Singapore mm. Many of you talked about How it was so relatable Especially if you were Indian uh, North Indian Growing up Singapore And having to take Malay It was really nice to hear From people And uh, I'm just glad that, that it connected with you In some way Yeah it was nice Yes This kind of like you know, personal, relatable content, but correct. Like a, this, this the, know, that's the sweet correct. spot. Correct. This is the outreach that we do, lah. The outreach. Yeah, everybody, please um, add Halima Yakub so she listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for pandemic potluck. It's been a while. It's been a while. And it's the hip. Food edition Is it you bring Spam fries Is it you bring Avocado pizza Is it you bring Salted egg Basque cheesecake <laughs> Or is it You are the one Who was paise To bring chicken wings But then everybody Was secretly grateful That you did <laughs> <laughs> So correct <laughs> Ew Avocado um, pizza Is so gross But okay <laughs> I, I, do, I do not endorse You know Eating an avocado Anyway Other than guacamole And as an avocado Do you know what I mean? Correct <laughs> I agree with you 100% Sorry I'm so conservative With my food taste um, <laughs> But I f- This episode Will be coming out Two days after The end of Phase 1 of the Circuit Breaker So Correct. If you're listening to this You are probably already Two days in the wild Right? So yeah About there yep. hof- Hopefully the world Hasn't come to an end yet Or there's been Another major resurgence lah, huh? We're actually recording this A couple of days Before the end of Phase 1 So we are actually Actually, this episode going to talk about kind of like our feelings, our hopes and aspirations and our apprehensions <laughs> surrounding yes. our release back into the outside world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Joel, you, I, I remember like when I first saw that like the, the Today article or, that, or whatever, the Straits Times article telling us we were just less than a week, you know, from being let out of phase oh, yeah. one and going to phase two. I remember sending all of us, all of... You are all, all of you guys The articles In, in like Our WhatsApp chat group And I don't know I felt My first emotion was Just pure Pure joy I'm not gonna lie I In my head I went Yes I can finally go out You know I was so excited a- Absolutely I feel this is a bit Like One of those Where were you When 9-11 happened Things right So like Where was I <laughs> When 
the phase two news was announced, I was at dinner and my father just kind of like grumpily came to the table and said, "Hey, they're letting us go out already." And I was like, "What?" I think okay. it, it came as a shock to me because like I wasn't, you know, like they they were pretty mum about when it could be, and then they suddenly just dropped the bomb like that, right? Yeah, I I to be perfectly honest, I didn't expect that it was going to happen this quickly. I thought it yeah. was a, it was a really major jump in terms of um freedoms, right? From phase oh, one sure. to two, it's like huge, lah. It's basically this is the meaningful, the meaningful um. Uh, lifting change la. yeah, yeah, the it's a meaningful change, change la, because we can finally see each other again and do all the fun things like I actually got really emotional because I suddenly imagined being able to hug all of my friends and oh. did I shed a tear listener I did <laughs> <laughs> I actually got really emotional la. like I was like oh shit I can hug everybody and then I can go and see yeah. people. Yeah, um, I know, I know. I, I, I immediately started making plans for the weekend. I was like, yeah. oh my god, who's who's down to go out on Friday? Where are we gonna go? And then like, actually, I think, right, we are also staffed of human interaction that even these yes. little like five, groups of five situations is going to feel like like a great Gatsby party. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think like five people in a house, uh, like five of my friends in a house would actually seems like a lot in my head. You know, it seems like, like an incredible amount. Yeah, right. And then, not only that, right, now it's also like five people can go to the park, five people can go to the beach. It sounds like an Enid Blyton children's adventure novel. Correct. It's, it's it, we're, we're all basically, what, what the famous yeah. five, is that what they're called? The famous five? Did the famous five include a dog? I, I mean, I'm all, for, I'm all for being inclusive and including the dog. I don't care. <laughs> I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. But you know, Joel, I, I, I was, I, while I was super excited, this, this excited feeling right, that, that I felt quickly was followed with a, a healthy dose of fear. You know, I, I yeah, <laughs> right. Like I mean, you, you you talked about like going out and hugging people and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to hug all my friends. I'm so excited to see them face to face. But I'm also like, oh my god, like I, going on a train right now freaks me out. So being in a room with five people, I don't know how. I, I don't know. I, there's a mix of emotions now. What you exactly know? freaks you out about it? Is it still at the back of your mind this fear of like? Getting it and transmitting it to your parents is that is that yes yeah that's right. exactly it it's it's mm. not really transmitting it to me per se because it's like living with I was live with my parents right and they're, they're yeah. old and it's this whole thing about like me getting the virus and being asymptomatic and passing it on to them and they suffering from it so yeah. that fear no, is a real it's, fear it's, sis that is the whole fear surrounding any of this right it's this like we all know that this is probably going to cause some kind of resurgence and like. That's the deal you strike, right? It's like, okay, we're going to let everybody out of their pants, but it, you got to come prepared that there is going to be a spike in cases, right? And yeah. You need to, and then on some level, you also need to take that risk law. You know what I don't like about it? It is that it be, the transference of personal responsibility to, to yourself decide what is absolutely necessary interaction. Do you know what I mean? It's like, sure, you can go and meet five people in a park, but should you? And do you have to becomes a bit more of a personal uh moral sure, judgment, because we, right? Because we are now actually given all these open inverted common freedoms, right? So options. these things that yeah. yeah. Yeah, these options that we and so yeah, we have to really think this these things through lah. Sure. Yeah. But but you know what? This is an inevitability, right? Mm. We were going to be these options were going to come about anyway and th- and because of how the virus is working, we are I mean, let's face it, this is gonna be with us for quite a while. So yeah. let's let's just deal with these 
terrible choices that we kind of have to make la. Let's If slowly you say new normal Kishan I'm gonna turn off the mic And just <laughs> Leave the room <laughs> I really hate the phrase like, I really hate it But uh Whatever It's like the dread That I was feeling Was less about this Even though Yes I agree Living with elderly parents Has made me You know Strongly consider exactly how much of this newfound autonomy I'm going to exercise. Yeah, the, the the real dread I think comes from suddenly having to become social again. Like I have literally oh. just gotten used to this like hermit tempo, right? Like I go on long meandering <laughs> two-hour walks. You know, like the other day I just like went up to buy some pao from next door, right? And then I ended up walking two hours from my house in Pasiris to Changi Beach. Okay, it's like. Wow, what an incredible walk. I mean, so that was a, that, I, found, I found so many things on that walk, including a new inner peace oh. and like the answer to a lot of my problems. But you know, uh, wow. I, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so, so transformative. He's it's, it's like, I, I've really gotten very used to this isolation in a way and this tempo and like also the not have not being accountable to other people 100% of the time you know what I mean it's this thing where it's like okay I understand we're all like you know in isolation now so like take your time to reply to this email whatever now it's gonna be like excuse me bitch yeah like I sent you this email two hours ago where's your reply I think I, I, right, I'm, le- yeah. I'm less excited about having to suddenly uh, the, the, for the tempo to pick up a little bit but. I mean I don't know uh, what, what what you're describing is a, a 0 to 60 kind of situation where we all revert to where we were before pre-COVID days yeah. I don't know yeah. if we will ever, ever. get there I, I, yeah. I, I don't I, I really don't think so but yeah this picking up the tempo thing is, is, is a bit of an irritating thing to have hanging over your head what my new strategy is going to be right it's like people will say oh we can meet face to face now why don't we have this meeting and I'm going to say um, as someone who lives with elderly parents, my position on this is that <laughs> I am weighing very heavily each interaction that I engage in, and and like the the, the risk benefit analysis has to be taken into account. So I am not uh, yeah. going to entertain don't, this request for don't a face-to-face face meeting. <laughs> don't make it so Excel sheet pros and cons lah. I'm all for emotional blackmail. Basically, guilt them into it, man. Just guilt oh, no, them into la. it. I mean, I probably shouldn't <laughs> announce this on a podcast. You know that, <laughs> but it's it's you know it's like respect the vibe, respect the vibe. It's still a pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, respect the vibe. Oh my god, I should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Can you can you be more chill, please? Um. <laughs> a- anyway, like I'm actually really looking forward to take you up on that. You know, a few episodes ago, like I was making fun of you about wanting to go to the beach. <laughs> yes, you were. It's on. It's on a freaking podcast. It's evidence. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I also I really really want to go to the beach. So let's do it, sis. Okay, let's find a weekend and let's do it. I'm I'm yeah. all for this. I want all the sugar cane with, with the meat oh. with the with the. Do you, okay, wait, do, you, do you know how I like? Do you drink sugar cane with like the salted plum in it? Yeah, with the samwe. I love sugar cane with the samwe. What are you talking about? And the lime together, so it's both options together. Oh, interesting. Okay, for me, it's sugar cane and and the samwe. Oh. Just the sugar oh. and samwe. No, must have both. <laughs> sure I mean you can do you We can have two separate cups <laughs> Although having Having walked to Changi Beach The other day I was suddenly very enamoured Of The idea that We should go there And swim right 
And then only to be disabused of it hours later by my friends who are like, Joe, shut the fuck up. That's where people go and scatter ashes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, exactly. I'm, people people go there and scatter ashes. But it's such a pretty beach. Oh, no, no, no. Not discounting that. But I think both of those things can, can exist in the same... Can exist together. <laughs> la. That's why people go there and scatter ashes. What I'm very curious <laughs> to see, right? So technically the... If technically the phase two comes into effect two three five nine Thursday night, right? On Thursday night, right? I'm gonna stay. Out, like I think. Like, on Thursday, can you imagine if like everybody started singing home from their windows? <laughs> no. <laughs> two three, two three five nine on Thursday night. Suddenly, like <laughs> this is home, truly. I, For, and then s- shortly after you go on like I'll go on grinder and then like it will be lit and, and then it will just it will explode, be right? lit there will be Correct. so much there will be so much fucking late Thursday night <laughs> like so you hear the strains of home and then you start to hear some very suspicious slapping <laughs> Correct. Thursday is the new Friday guys yeah yeah hashtag biak biak Thursday everyone you <laughs> <Ew>, gross <laughs> Oh, it's been, it feels like it's been so long since I've said this, but welcome back, listeners, to Lukewarm Takes with two elder millennials. Yes, two elder millennials, that's us, talk about something <laughs> that is trending on the internet. So, Joel, hmm, do you have something that's trending on the internet or not, Joel? Go on, Well, you know, I know our adoring fans are expecting me to talk about, you know, the whole uh, artist essential or not essential poll that the Straits Times <laughs> published two weeks ago or whatever, right? But I feel like I have said whatever I wanted to say in my now viral post on Facebook and I would yes. direct you there instead. It's quite um, viral indeed. It's quite viral. Yeah. it's. I think the TLDR for this whole thing is uh, Candone. <laughs> yeah, Candone. You know? Candone. Can, can, you know, intro- can, can think a little bit. Can, can, can yeah, artists, I mean, artists, Candone, we can be a bit more introspective and less tone deaf. Lah, huh? And... Uh, yeah, I really feel like I don't want to give this issue any more air time <laughs> in any Correct, form. correct. So, so, so then, Joel, what, 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 what do you have for us today? It's J.K. Rowling! Yes, J.K. So, Rowling. Um, the turf formerly known as J.K. Rowling. <laughs> okay, so the story is, um, I think it was maybe a few weeks ago now that J.K. Rowling uh, tweeted a response to an article in a newspaper that basically said something like, in a post-COVID-19 world, right. we should aim for more equality or better treatment for people who menstruate. Right, yes. Right? Mm. Um, so I haven't, I haven't read that article, but basically J.K. Rowling um, made fun of the term people who menstruate. Yeah, she took umbrage to like, with yeah, the she term. Yeah, took umbrage yeah. at the term people who menstruate. Going like, um, do you mean women or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, that's which, right. Um, which angered a lot of um, trans activists and trans people because the term people who menstruate actually is an inclusive term that uh, includes trans men who still menstruate. Uh, yeah, and of course and don't like, identify as women, right? Don't identify as women. Uh, and of course, a whole range of other kinds of like gender identities along the spectrum who may uh, also menstruate but who don't identify as women. And then, right. 
this this has basically been like a kind of capstone moment because for like almost a year now, <laughs> people have been kind of like sniffing around J.K. Rowling trying to figure out if she is like anti-trans or not. Because a year ago, um, she I think she liked or followed a very prominent anti-trans writer, and right? Then, um, and then she also liked a tweet by um some anti-trans tweet that someone had tweeted. Um, wow! And then like I tried to get away by saying, oh, you know, that was just a senior moment. I didn't mean to like it or whatever. But basically. Suspicion has been rife that um, Miss Rowling, Miss Harry Potter, might actually harbor some questionable views around trans people and trans and the trans movement in general, right? Oh my god! And then, and then this thing happened, and it was like ding, 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 turf alert. Um, actually, why don't you explain the term turf a little bit? So turf, which is spelled T-E-R-F. Uh, means trans exclusionary radical feminist or trans exclusionary radical feminism, which basically is a kind of uh, very fucked up feminism that argues that trans women should not be included under the umbrella of women and shouldn't be admitted into spaces that are uh, women only or uh, shouldn't seek to identify with the experience of women because right. um, very bl- very bluntly they were born into male bodies and therefore right. don't have the same experiences and traumas as, as women do which of course we know is basically just trans misogyny it's right so this is this is basic, yeah. these are basically people who say that like trans people should not be allowed into like the women's toilet for example basically yeah and um jk rowling's whole thing is that you know if you you can't deny biological sex because it's a very important way uh for for women to you know connect with their bodies and advocate for their safety and protection which is actually a very problematic claim right because um we all i mean like the current thinking on gender is that actually it's not a simple correlation between you know the the genitals that you were born yeah. with and the identity that you have, right? So correct. Um. So anyway, J.K. Rowling basically has displayed fla- flagrant disregard for you know all of this thinking around gender that has come so far away from the idea that biological sex determines the gender that your gender identity. It's kind of weird to call J.K. Rowling a turf because like she's not a radical feminist. I don't think so. It's kind of more like a turf. She's just a trans exclusionary <laughs> feminist. <laughs> and like honestly, I would even argue like what is your feminism if it doesn't include trans women honestly because it's not as if like trans women don't suffer tremendously at the hands of the patriarchy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, I don't know. Did she... I, I know she also wrote a long essay trying to explain oh her point of view, right? Yeah, so like after all of this like shit that went down she goes on her blog and writes this 3670 word essay where she basically outlines yeah where she basically outlines uh, her views on trans people doing the whole I really love trans people but I feel oh, that you oh can't. Oh my god! I, yeah. Why do people whole, think it's yeah. okay to do that? <laughs> I don't understand. No. Why do Why do people who don't inhabit a certain identity position feel that they are in the position to get yes. what their identity feels like? It's Correct. more like how when, right? and, and they can come up with this kind of nonsensical arguments like, oh no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. I actually love them. I'm, I'm this like, and that. I support sorry, them. Sorry, girl. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This is not your Harry Potter universe. You are not the author of this reality. <laughs> Here are people who yes. are coming to you and saying, J.K. Rowling your 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 refusal to acknowledge the linguistic dimension that affects my reality is a, an act of violence against me because like JK Rowling is coming out and saying I don't hate trans people I'm not I'm not writing hateful things but like as a queer person I really know how this linguistic dimension 
is very violent. It's yeah. an epistemic violence, right? It's a violence yeah. of like, where you are yeah. denying where you are denying someone's entire reality based on like your monopoly over the words that are used to describe that reality. Correct. This language actually gives you existence. This it gives you val- it gives you validity in some way. So to take it away from a person is denying them and. Entirely like yeah. Yeah, and then just kind of like refusing to acknowledge that she is engaging in a kind of hate speech. And then going on in this essay, right, to basically outline a very dubious set of reasons for why she believes the things that she does. Basically right. What did she say? Very she brought up things like um the idea of detransitioning people, people who transition who feel pressured to transition by like prevailing conversations about trans rights and the trans but basically she paints the trans movement as a kind of bullying movement that's forcing people to transition. Uh, you know? And and then she outlines people who come to regret transitioning later in life and then um detransition in what is clearly a very traumatic process. But oh, then gosh. like you know people have fact checked her article to death and the statistics for this are so small and minor right. yeah you know, actually de- uh, yeah I, I remember reading a Guardian article recently about I think it was Guardian about, about detransitioning and it is a mm. tiny tiny percentage yeah which isn't to say that this is not a demographic that is worth looking at but you can't of course, yeah. use this very tiny demographic to you know to, to, to speak against the, the rights and, and, and liberty of a group of people yeah group of people Okay, so then she goes into this moment where she starts talking about how she herself is a survivor of um, sexual violence. Uh, right, yeah. Right. And then makes a whole deal about how, you know, the reason why she feels so strongly about the trans movement is that she feels that the trans movement is actively trying to take away or deny women the right to be safe to create safe spaces and to uh, you know uh, 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 talk about their bodies in, Re- in what? the way that really? What, but yeah. does she not see that trans um, women also have a lot, a lot, uh, uh, as you say, like also fall under are uh, victims of the patriarchy? What, what, where, where is she coming from with this? I don't quite yeah, understand. Yeah, but for her, taking the word "woman" away from biologically female women, right, right, is is violent. So she thinks that trans women should be trans women, not women. They oh, try wow. and claim that they shouldn't try and claim their identity, which is like really, really messed up, right? And then she goes on to so she brings up the whole bathroom and changing room thing. You know, oh, really right, yeah. the whole idea that, oh, you know, uh you are opening up these spaces to men who are gonna come and like uh pretend that they are women or claim to be women because if you if you if you dilute the standards for what a woman is, any old man, you know, can come in and claim he's a woman and abuse that space and abuse women in that space. Right. I think I think like, if I remember right, she she was concerned and I use this word very loosely. She uh, mm. she, she was concerned with uh, men actually coming into these uh, spaces, uh, th- these women-only spaces, and yeah. and causing harm because I think uh, a person doesn't need to transition to change their gender, and she 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 found that very, yeah, she found that very alarming. I mean, it's first of all, this whole thing is like. Uh, a fictional straw man situation, right? It's like it's the <laughs> ultimate straw man argument where you're like saying, "Oh no, we're gonna we're not gonna let let trans women into women's bathrooms because what if they're pretending, right?" And then it's yeah. like, to my mind, it's like, are we actually living in an epidemic of cis men pretending to be women so they can go into toilets and you know and wreak havoc in there? We are not. Yeah. So she, she's she's just creating this. 
alarmist kind of correct and it's just like these are all very old hat turf arguments so it's very clear that she has been talking to very to people who are very hostile to to the trans movement and trans people like it's so obvious and it's just like so disappointing yes it is very disappointing we all want to love JK Rowling because we all love the Harry Potter books so much yeah Um, we really do Uh, the the articles going around of like how how um, uh, millennials now are trying to come to terms with the Harry Potter book without the author <laughs> it's actually oh, quite no. sad actually this is a great example of that great Roland Barthes maxim which is the author is dead right yeah. like yes let's <laughs> all go into this free flowing environment of like <laughs> linguistic play where we just make meaning however the fuck we want because also as an author of a series she has been she has been particularly keen to exert control over that world you know what I mean it's like yeah. every other week she just comes up with some Harry had three balls or whatever right or like <laughs> Uh, and then you're kind of really trying to like ingratiate herself into that kind of uh, gay world by coming out of things right. like oh you know Gandalf again, not Gandalf shit Dumbledore <laughs> Dumbledore was gay not Gandalf this whole this whole turf thing is very very dispiriting because it's like trans people are just being dragged through a, a, a very horrible conversation about their basic humanity and yeah. I think my my point of view is like when someone tells you this is how they identify, you listen. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's key. You listen to them and then you try your very best to be humble and to show some empathy and basically just understand their point of view. You know? Uh, and she's failed to do this on all counts. And, and it just it, points to this like boomer inability to navigate the tricky political socio-political terrain that we all live in now like she makes several references in her post to how toxic Twitter is and how you know um, don't expect a nuanced discussion on Twitter you know fair Twitter it's can true be really, it's very true Twitter's yeah, a shit show Twitter can, be a, Twitter can be a real shit show right but then also it's like um, we mustn't confuse a certain kind of Twitter activism with the demands of a culture that has been broadly pilloried as PC culture mm. you know it's like mm. PC culture is not it's not this arbitrary set of demands right it's really about people coming to say look there have been like X amount of years where our identities and our views and our positions have been neglected or demeaned or just downright oppressed and we're sick of it and we're demanding that everybody do better right correct yeah um, and I just feel like there's a certain class of like creative boomer type or creative gen X type who just finds this whole um, this whole culture impossible to navigate it's inconvenient on some level it's it's just inconvenient for them and they just don't want to do it so they question it it's the whole thing about like you can't teach an old dog new tricks a little bit you know like they're they're kind of done and it's quite sad (laughs) to watch and in my mind it's like if, if you don't want to grow in that direction right the least you could do is stay out of the discourse because like you are only revealing yourself to be so completely out of touch with it and it's embarrassing and you have you know and people look up to you as a senior figure you know as a senior, right. senior creative you know and it's just like there are implications that come with your speech so a few weeks ago um, like you know a senior Singapore writer right who shall remain unnamed he basically wrote this rant on Facebook which was like a laundry list of all the subject positions the minority positions that he as a straight cis Chinese male in Singapore could not write about so it was like oh I wanted to write a story about a gay man but then like the the imaginary horde shouted at me 
what do you know about being gay? Blah, 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 blah. And then he ends up the post by going like, uh, in the end, I decided the best thing to do was not write. And it's just like, stop. Oh, I'm tired. Stop I'm tired. Yeah. Blaming your <laughs> inability to sensitively write about difference on the censorious attitudes of this imaginary PC mob. And it's You're just right. like, embarrassing first of all how tone deaf the whole thing is but then also it's just like the anxiety at the terrain that is no longer available to these people and so rather than try and grow with it they mm. lambast it as meaningless PC culture yes I, I, I think that's that's the thing I, I don't know if the terrain is not available to them I just think they, they consciously don't want to navigate the terrain and you're mm. right if you the terrain is there you just either sit down quietly in your corner or do the work with the terrain and try and understand and listen and empathize and all of that you know if you can't Correct. do it then just keep quiet lah yeah or stick to writing about like wizards I don't know ah uh, sure yeah stick to writing about wizards <laughs> <laughs> And for our next trick, it's Bite Size Science. <laughs> the return of our resident science expert, Kishan Kumar Singh, who's going to give you Bite Size Science to help you survive the 21st century. Alright, so what do we have today, Kishan? So today I've decided to, to, to talk about solar storms because I want to keep uh, around this whole like pandemic theme about things that we might not survive. So I thought <laughs> mass like mass extinction event. Yes, mass mass extinction events exactly. So I thought, hey, what's what's next on on, on, on in the books for us? So this is something Are, that, like planetary cosmic events covered in like the the book of Revelation. So probably the six horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes, <laughs> the universe. <laughs> this is definitely one of them. So I thought like you know what. Better everybody know and just be ready lah. Okay. <laughs> so, solar storms. Okay. So, our story starts with, as the name suggests, the sun. So, the uh-huh. sun, many, many people think is like this block, this solid block of like heat, right? But the sun is actually plasma. So, it's like this hot soup of ions that are just moving around. Okay, so when ions move, so we're gonna get into a bit of the science here. Okay, so just bear with me, guys. So I mean, this is what we're here for, Kishan. This is what we're here for. Yeah. So when the ions in the sun move, they basically create an electric current. Okay, so it's an electric field. And if you remember from our very first episode of T for Two, electricity and magnetism are both sides of the same coin. So when an electric field is generated, you also generate a magnetic field. Okay, uh-huh. so let's let's just this is just fact. So just accept people. All right. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, in the sun, you have an elect you have this plasma, which is basically an electric soup, and then you have a magnetic field. Now the magnetic field, once it's generated, also generates its own electric field. So basically, these two fields just keep interacting with one another like crazy in the sun. All right. Usually, no problem. All right. This electric this electric field and this magnetic field are living together in harmony, and it's all great in the sun. But sometimes, if you can imagine them as, as little sp- as springs, right? These springs get knotted up and they get so tense. And every 11 years, apparently, the springs get so knotted up and tense that it basically just boings out a bit from the sun. You know what this sounds like? What? 
it sounds like Singapore Facebook. We're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> For the better part of the year, everybody's just getting along. And then at once every few months, some bugger will post, like, will find some homophobic shit and then everybody will get very angry or some racist shit and everybody will get angry. Oh my god, that is such a good analogy, Joel. I had thank you, another. Thank you. I had another analogy already, but this one is not. Your analogy is not too bad. That's much better, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you okay, know what? You. I'm just gonna te- I'm just gonna tell you my analogy anyway. <laughs> it's just like disregard the writer. <laughs> yeah. So my analogy is basically two nyonyas. Okay. One named Susan, one named Dorothy. Okay. Oh who are, my god. Who are always trying to one up each other. All right. I and they get and they get invited to a party. All right. Susan and Dorothy are at a party. Yeah. Okay. And they always want to one up each other. The party is of course the sun. And Susan and Dorothy are electric fields and magnetic fields. Then Susan see Dorothy being kwe paiti. She not happy. She go there and make one comment. Then Dorothy... Alamak, your sambal not hot enough. Correct. Huh? Then Dorothy cannot tahan. Go another corner. Go and make fun of Susan's kebaya. You know uh, what Yo, uh, Susan's kebaya macam like... Something <laughs> last like macam last season pattern. <laughs> macam last season pattern. Yeah, correct. Then her kebaya oh, storeboard one lah. Correct storeboard. <laughs> so they keep going at it. You know they talk about their son going to this UK university lah. This mate not good lah. That this lah that that lah. And then until they keep influencing each other until they cannot tahan anymore. Meletup. Ay kusmangat. You know. <laughs> So that is my analogy for for this for this solar event. So anywho, yeah. So anywho, uh, once we have this little like explosion, right? Because of this knotted mass of magnetic fields and electric fields, what is what happens is that the sun basically spills out a little bit of itself. Okay, it vomits. It ejects a little bit of itself. So all this magnetized plasma shoots out into space. Alright? Usually, if it's a small-scale ejection, which happens now and then, our Earth is very well equipped to protect us. Because this this is radiation, okay? So, our, right. uh, if small-scale ejections happen, our Earth has a, has a magnetic field of its own that it can sort of deflect the coming magnetic field. It's like putting two right. light magnets together. They just kind of like bounce off. Do you know what I mean? However, if, if this... Ex- ejection of the sun's mass is too large, then our magnetic field cannot take it. Okay, it is it is these larger ejections that we kind of need to think about. These larger events, these are called coronal mass ejections. Okay, oh, C- God. CME. So it's another it's another corona, lah, guys. It's another corona. <laughs> it's a coronal mass ejection. Now, has this happened before? Yes, it's happened many times actually. The what what has happened? This like corona, corona, um, coronal mass ejection. Coronal yeah. mass ejection, right? Yeah, it, it's happened in uh, the 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 one that we will talk about today. I'll talk about two. Okay, the one that we'll talk about today is something that happened in 1859, long ago. So this huge uh, coronal mass ejection happened, and what people on Earth saw were basically lights in the sky. And they saw it all the way down from to Mexico. Some even saw it in Japan and China and Hawaii. They basically saw the aurora all the way down there. Mm. Alright? And yeah, and you can imagine this was before people understood what was happening. And people thought it was like an act of God. Many people in Australia thought they were going to die, actually, because they thought like, oh no, this is the end times. You know, why is the sky lighting up when it should be dark? You know, stuff like that. So they all uh-huh. started they all started to freak out. Um uh, 
so when people start when people saw this happening and they wanted to like communicate with other people around the world and say oh my god this is happening on our side of the world is it happening on your side of the world what they did was that they started to communicate using telegraph uh using uh telegraph systems you know the ones where you just like yeah 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 yeah. so they they start they went to their telegraph system they wanted to communicate but they all got electric shocks from it okay they wanted to tap and they all got sparks and they and they and some of them even caught fire so in a panic in a panic they started to unplug their telegraph uh, uh operating systems right but they found out that the telegraph system started to send messages anyway unplugged so they this fed the fear of like, oh my god, it's a demon. Okay, oh my god. The, Wait, it's the so end that times. telegraphs managed to work without On its electricity. Own. That is... See, the, that it is actually... Yeah, yeah, it's creepy, but it's actually working with electricity because when the coronal mass ejection happened, what it did was that it disrupted... It was such a strong event that it disrupted our magnetosphere. Alright? And so the magnetic field basically fell onto Earth. And when it fell onto Earth, remember, magnetism and electricity are basically different sides of the same coin. So yeah. this magnetic field fell onto Earth and created electric fields. And things started to work even if they were unplugged. Yeah, this freaked people out. Okay, really, really freaked people out. People didn't understand what was happening. This happened for a few days, if I'm not wrong. Okay, before finally the magnetic field sort of recalibrated and and went back to normal. 1859, when this happened, we didn't have a lot of electrical appliances. We had no handphones, we had no yeah, laptops, all these things. it was kind of things. like the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, issues. exactly. So, the question is, what happens if an event like the 1859 solar storm happened now? Okay. Uh. It would actually be quite devastating. And we have... We, we, we can sort of look at another event to make us understand this a little bit better. Something happened in 1989. Okay, quite recent. Yes. 1989. A coronal mass ejection happened and it hit Quebec, Canada quite hard. Alright, it caused power failures for I believe up to like, uh, if I remember correctly, 18 hours. People were trapped in lifts. Uh, the the metro stopped working. There was no power oh for eighteen hours. So and and the the Quebec municipality, I believe, had to really go and quickly sort their shit out. They had to sort their grid out just to get power back online. And that's just Quebec. Uh, of course, it, uh, it also hit other places in North America, and I believe it also hit other places in Asia. But these uh, these got sorted very quickly. Alright, so that's 1989. And it happened, and if you, if, if my history serves me right, 1989 is right after the Cold War. And so many people thought that this was a freaking Russian uh, thing. Yeah. So people panicked. Uh, the, the US government especially panicked, thought like, oh my god, we're all going to go into war because things are not, not working. Satellites all got a little bit like crazy. So it, it can get nuts. Alright, so now project that onto now times 2020 your laptop will go off gps will go away satellites will go crazy none of your electrical appliances will work wait so are these like uh like solar coronavirus things like meant to be <laughs> global events or do they tend to is- hit isolated zones they range or- in scale but they are global events mm. they're global events okay. right so something like the carrington uh, like the 1859 event uh, which is called the carrington event after some white guy who published it, uh, who took observations and published his findings. Uh-huh. So something like that nearly hit us in 2012. Alright, so what happened in 2012, uh, I believe July of 2012. Wasn't was 2012 a- the year the Mayans predicted would be the end of the world? 
I it was probably one of those years, lah. Didn't I didn't yeah, predict yeah, no, many years. Oh, was it specifically? Although, like some spe- uh, someone has come out recently to reanalyze the Mayan calendar and suggest that it's actually this year. I heard. Yeah. So it's I like, hey it's, guys, we just we just doomsday prepping over here. <laughs> it's not. It's not just this year, Joel. It's this Sunday, apparently, according to the new Mayan prediction. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> That's why we go into phase two, ah. So we got two days. <laughs> Well, it'll be good to see you. <laughs> it'll be good to see you oh, wait. too. Wait, this podcast comes out on Sunday. So if you're listening to us, happy end of the world. <laughs> yes, happy end of the world, everyone. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so in 2012, a ridiculously large coronal mass ejection uh, or emission, I can't remember, a coronal mass emission, I think, uh, uh, was recorded in July and it missed earth by nine days by by so basically like the movement of nine days lah so if if, we, if ah. it happened nine days earlier it would be right smack of oh, trajectory God. for earth yeah so the thing is we are due not due for one but it will happen okay because it's happened quite frequently so are we prepared as a nation are we prepared not as a nation as a global like are we prepared no globally actually we are it, it, it sounds like how the hell do we get prepared for this right but, it, but we are quite prepared we actually have satellites right out there in space to actually give us a warning so uh. we yeah we have few hours to like few days warning when this is going to hit us and when this uh, and when when we get the warning the whole world will know and basically what they can do is that they can take their cities off the grid for a while so they can basically do force feed are not force feed, they can force a shutdown of the electrical power. Because when you shut down the electrical power, then it's okay lah. It's like oh, basically it unplug everything up. Yeah. It won't like, right. or it will cause less damage. Mm. You know, because remember the telegraph uh, systems got unplugged but they still worked. Uh, yeah, so it's not that catastrophic lah. You can just kind of like, you can kind of prevent the worst damage from it. You can, because we've learned so much, we can prevent the worst and how of long the damage. Do these, like, how long do these... Um, solar coronavirus things last <laughs> Solar coronavirus These things can last from uh, Several hours Like the one in Quebec I think lasted for 18 hours To a few uh-huh. days Like the Carrington event I believe lasted a few days So it really right. depends On the intensity Of the Of the Corona mass uh, Emission Okay Yep So If Covid won't get you It might be a solar storm It might be something else <laughs> Who knows? There's a whole bunch of dangers out there. Honestly, I'm not holding my breath, lah. It's like we were having this chat the other day, right, about how like if our species were to survive billions of years into the future, they would have done something by now to help us out. Right. So honestly, I feel like we never got that far. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess someday yeah, right. might, might like someday might be it. <laughs> <laughs> someday might be it, Jules. Yeah, I'm so glad I'll see you on Friday before. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. <laughs> yes, it's nice knowing everyone. <laughs> What could happen by the Sunday that this goes out, right? Correct. Like, if you if you hear our voice, great. Consider yourself lucky, dear listeners. We made it to Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, I feel like it's our civic duty at this point to leave you with some words of advice for yeah you know, our, our phase two freedom. freedom. Phase two. Yeah. For me, it's what well, what can I say, guys? Just 
don't be stupid lah. <laughs> That's literally it. I mean, have fun, go and meet your loved ones, be happy, but I don't know if... Please always wear your mask, number one. Please wear your mask. And if you need to sneeze, sneeze one mm. side. That's my, that's my advice to you. Sneeze one side. For me, it would be... Mm. Uh, locate your nearest bomb shelter. <laughs> Very good advice, Joel. Okay, so till next time, this is Joel signing off. And this is Kishan. Bye, everyone. Bye, stay safe. <laughs>